0: I'm Michael Donalo, and welcome to the Crooked Road of Songs and Stories. Hello, everybody. I'm sitting here with my dear friend, Holly Harris, who I've known for longer than either of us probably care to think about. (laughs) How are you, Holly?
1: I'm fine, thanks. I'm fine. It was a double-digit year, something like that.
0: I want to say it's 88. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it was um, WMFO.
1: Oh, my goodness. My very first Radio gig.
0: I can remember this with incredible clarity. We had gone to see, it was, I was playing with Chuck Morris in the Sidewalk Band. Remember that? Of
1: course I do. <laughs> the Cats. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. We had gone to see Anson Funderburg the night before at Johnny D's mm-hmm. And you were there. And you and Chuck sparked up a conversation. And you invited us on the radio the next morning. And that's how it happened. Fabulous. That's how Because I didn't know you at that time. Chuck did. Right, But I did not
1: You know, it's interesting Back in those days We could, you know An MFO was, was wonderful and easy uh, At Tufts University But a lot of the radio stations in those days When terrestrial radio was a happening thing More than it is today You, know, you could just drive up and come in And it was wonderful to bring bands in
0: yeah, we had such it a It was
1: very- easy access. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was. Although parking was hard, even then. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, parking was hard, exactly. Right. But uh, I remember that very well. And I remember seeing Chuck and you uh, again at night stage, you know, later on. Um, but Johnny Dee's was where it was at. And I think I actually lived down the street at that point. Right. And I didn't have a, and my daughter yet. And so <clears throat> I was living, living right at um, Davis Square so I could go to tufts or i could go to johnny D's, or, or any of it jonathan Swifts, ed burks <laughs> ed burks oh i went to ed burks a lot that was my favorite place yeah in ed, well ed knew what he was doing mm-hmm. ed was um ed it was friends and and you know hired incredible people brought in so many musicians you know that that people hadn't heard of because he would Take, you know, he'd sneak off and take periodic trips to Chicago and meet all these guys. And he was friends with the bouncers. He was friends with all these people. And in Kansas City, you know, he was not an easy guy to deal with sometimes, I think, in business. But as a friend, he was a gem.
0: He was. But he was also the fastest talker in the world.
1: Right. <laughs> right. He was a fast talker. He was.
0: But, uh, yeah, that was my favorite place to play. I mean, that stage was built on plywood and empty. Budweiser cardboard right. boxes, and you know, if you stepped in the wrong spot, you kind of sunk down. And That's right, but man, those were the golden days of right. Boston. It, it was, it was for Harp- blues, for yeah. blues, Harper's Ferry. Um, well, Ed, and then uh, Johnny D's. What am I missing? The Tam Joe's, the Tam yep. you
1: know, Joe's plays the Tam Um, um, you know, um, oh my goodness. There were several others, too. Jack's Place had some great stuff. Right, and that was just, Speakeasy, of course, right. speakeasy.
0: Yeah, speakeasy predates me becoming to town, because oh. I moved here in 85.
1: Okay, no, it was before that, and then, they, of course, they made a parking lot there on Norfolk Street. Right. But the speakeasy, was, speakeasy was, was great. You know, both Luther Johnson's claim came there, Luther Georgia Boy Johnson, so many people. Um, it, was, it was very special. I wasn't really actively in the scene. I was kind of new in town and, mm-hmm. and graduate student, but... I would go there often. It was great, and then you know, Jacks. I mean, it was just a wonderful place. Right. Oh, and the Cantab. Of course, the Cantab. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Can Tap. Right. Yeah. Which is still happening. What
0: would be one of your favorite shows from any time period? I know that's.
1: Oh boy, I hmm. Pick, pick, pick a couple. Well, I can easily say BB King. Because I saw BB about twelve a dozen times, and <clears throat> what I, I not only did I love his music because he was the first blues that I ever heard. And, and I heard B.B. when I was like 16, and I always say this. I literally was in my living room, and I felt like I was struck by a thunderbolt. People say that. And I was like, what is this music? And my dad was a musician, and he came home. And I said, Dad, I know the music I love. I couldn't explain it. He brought me to an opera teacher. I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not it. And my boyfriend's throwing stones at the church window. <laughs> i what are you going to be done with those lessons? But um, it was B.B. And he was so gracious, and he would wait till each, the last fan at the time was, was there. And I remember a memorable time in Santa Fe. I had, I think it was 1980, I don't know, I had driven cross country and, and staying with some friends and, and um, it was outside of this beautiful amphitheater in, in Santa Fe and, it, you know, a lot of people, and he was there till the end. I was, I saw him, saw him in Lowell. I saw him in Israel with Ron Levy playing. Actually, I mean, like really incredible times. He came to Tufts. Did
0: you see BB when he played with Gatemouth Brown at the Berkeley Performance Center? That was my first show when I, I came to school.
1: Don't think so, because I really would have remembered. Yeah. <laughs> I totally would have remembered. No, but I got to introduce him on stage several times, twice at Newport. Oh wow! In Newport. it was just a highlight right so i got to introduce bb on stage and i was ready to go on stage and one part of the band saying it's the bb king band and the others it's the bb king orchestra and they were and i said i'm gonna ask bb it, it, it was orchestra that day you know but um another memorable time was seeing coco taylor also the most gracious female And I'd met her Several times But here in Salem At um, The Salem Blues Festival Which there were like Two Right And Charlie Abel And Gary Swain Put those together Winter Island Winter Island Blues yeah. Festival So Radio
0: right. Kings played The yeah. second year
1: Yes you did Yeah Yes you did And and actually A very young Derek Trucks was there He was like 17 Pretty It was amazing I have a picture Of my daughter Being held In Falling asleep In Carrie Bell's arms you know, and he only got up, he was like the grandpa, and he only got up when it was Tim, his turn to play, and then, you know, Bob Margolin was there, and Pine Top Perkins, and, um, you know, oh, it was amazing. But Coco said, yes, you can interview me if you come help me get dressed. I said, of course. So we were, I was in, you know, back at, at the hotel, and she's putting on her wig, and she had this sparkle dress, and she was Cracking jokes It was really spectacular I
0: saw Coco twice at night stage
1: Did you see um, Albert King? Were you at the Albert King show?
0: At no, I was not Albert I wish King, I
1: was Whistling Alex Moore I saw there, Memphis Slim Chuck Morris was at a lot of those yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, we'd all hang on the back wall um, I saw Otis
0: so, Rush Otis Rush With Sugar Ray Book backing him up. Yeah, um, I saw Etta James there at least twice. Um, yes, I can't, Etta James. I can't remember how many people I saw at night stage.
1: Two memorable nights at Jonathan Swift's, but one was Roy Buchanan. That was that was unbelievable. And then you know he didn't live that past that next year. Um, but I saw was that Robert Cray, Johnny Clyde Copeland, and Albert Collins together at Jonathan Swift's.
0: Oh, so the Showdown Record. The
1: Showdown. Yes. Wow. Killer. That was a killer. What a small place for such a holy cow. Yeah, it was f- <laughs> really good. I remember that. And another night there, and people will remember this. I was it was Buddy Guy and Junior Wells and I I had just sort of come to town or gotten out to blues or something. And they were they were amazing. And then Buddy when, who I have a whole other buddy story, but Buddy went out into the street with his guitar and stopped a bus, an M B T A bus, and got on and played a few <laughs> on the bus, and then came back in. It was brilliant. I know people are out there who were at that show. <laughs> that was that was crazy, uh, you know. But another crazy buddy story. I, I was emceeing an event at the, um, I don't know, downtown at the a ballroom downtown. I was feeling. Very funny that night. I, I don't know. I was feeling kind of bloated and, and I'd had a drink in my hand. So I went into the bathroom. I was the MC. I went into the bathroom and I put, you know, I'm leading going, gee, well, everyone's like, you know, feeling, it, it, everything hurts. And Buddy walks into the ladies' room and I turn around. And there's Buddy Guy. And at that moment, I realized I was going to be a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Not with Buddy. That's but what it was. was like, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, no why. wonder things I'm feeling so weird. <laughs> and so I have that very memorable Buddy Guy night, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's talk about your radio history in Boston past WMFO.
1: I was on MFO and I got a call from Trevor Gowdy. He said, Would you like to do a, a blue show on WCGY? And I went, yeah, it was the best. I negotiated the best no-money deal I ever made. <laughs> it was really good work. But anyway, I had a show called The 10 O'Clock and Blues. And it was really fun because it taught me about commercial radio. It taught me uh, a lot about uh, a different structure than MFO. So MFO was great. I was there for 10 years. It was Sunday morning. You know, I created it the morning after blues. And, you know, Jim Cardi and other folks took it over after. And it was, it was really a special part of my life. But then I, I, I got a call from BOS. And I stayed there for, uh, I don't know, 15 years. Was long, it that long? A long time. Wow. I wish it had been longer. Yeah, that was you know? such a great show. Thank you. It was a great show. And, and you know I selfishly wish they hadn't changed. Automated. but uh, Well, yeah, the whole station. But 2008, right. you know the world changed and everything. Sure. You know, I, I had a lot of creative freedom. And it was Sunday night. It was the perfect night. I could bring people in. I think
0: I was there at least I, once. Yeah, I
1: know. I, I have to. I have all these pictures. I have. It was really fun. I, I got to do a lot and and meet a lot of people through that, you know. Um, and we had Earth Fest, and I had wonderful people working with me. My dear friend Sarah Schero, uh Warren Madden, uh, Jim Cardi, John Garigian. They were all my interns. Chris Christine Keith. They were my buds, you know, right, and right. and we went in, um, and that was a wonderful. At the same time, and it was it was you know, a good time to be in radio. At the same time, I was filling in on WGBH, right, and I met Mae Kramer on jury duty. Right, yeah, we were on the same jury. What's the chance of that? I know, we met, I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, and, and she was, you know, amazing, so I met May on jury duty, and then um, I was engaged to a fellow at the time, and he said to me, you know, I think your friend moved next door to us, you know, and and I'm like, wow, and um, May and Peter, who had made Peter Hi-Fi Ward got mm-hmm. married on Halloween shortly before that and they in fact lived next door to my, my boyfriend at the time and um, I said you know May we're destined to be friends and she ended up being she and Peter my, my daughter's godparents oh wow right and so um, I f- but I filled in for her I filled in for um for Jack Walker a little bit. Mm-hmm. I filled in a couple of times for Robert J. Lertzema, and I'd get these calls from, you know, the classical listeners, you pronounced it wrong, the wrong opus or whatever. I'm like, oh my God. So <laughs> I'll play the birds again, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but it was great. I did uh, Ron Gill, who I adored, Steve Schwartz, you know, I filled in a lot there, but mostly for May. And then May got sick, was very private about it. And I was filling in, I was working my full time job had my daughter, and was working Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. It was, it was a lot, but yep. I wanted to do it, and the music was great. And GBH was spectacular at that time. It really was spectacular working there. I loved it. And um, it didn't work for me to stay. And then Brendan Hogan came in for a little while, who's now I work with on, on UMB. Yep. Um, so uh, I worked, I don't know, for 20 years uh, overlapping with um, – BOS. Then I took a little break. I got a call from another fellow. We did, it was not the right timing. We did an an on-air internet blues show called The Ultimate Blues. It was fabulous. But it was right when 2008 and 2009 happened, and people were not buying ads or buying merch or buying much anything. Yeah. And so we did it for a little while, and it, we had listeners everywhere. It was really great. Um, but that stopped, and then I thought, oh, okay, well, we'll see what's happening. I did some voice work. I love voice work. And then I got a call from UMB, and uh, it was the right time, the right Situation and I jumped over to UMB and I've been there, I don't know, five, six years now. And I love it. I kind of wish in a way I'd stayed with Sunday night, but Saturday night's great because people like it, you yeah. know. And, well, and they're yeah. getting
0: ready to go out and they're listening to you.
1: Correct. It's really fun. People, you know, pulled over from the side of the road. or I, I really have like 40, 42 or something states listening now. People from all, 42 states. I have a list. And Several countries, including the Ukraine. There's a wonderful blues musician named um, Alexander Dolgov. He, he, he in touch through the Ukraine, uh, he, and he came to me through Ricky King Russell and um, Jerry Portnoy, and um, you know, t- Malaysia, Yugoslavia. I mean, we're all over this, <laughs> it's just wow. pretty wild. That's yeah, fantastic. we have a Swiss blues man.
0: Hmm? That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's kind of great. Yeah, I-, I love it. I love t- being able to bring the message. Of life and love and and music and feelings, it's universal to the world. And if I have three hours to just spread that joy, or evoke some emotion, I'm happy to do it.
0: And you do such a wonderful job at it. Thank you. you. Really, really. Thank do. you.
1: Thank you. you. Know. I love it. I really love it. Well, the it, passion
0: comes through. You know, thanks. you in any anything you do, anything anybody does, if they're passionate and they love what they do, it's going to show in whatever.
1: Yeah, I I believe that, and You know, it's, you put in the work. Like, I have a box over here, and like, oh, tonight, you know, Tuesday night, wow, I want to hear some uh, Michael Donello, or I want to hear uh, Freddie King, and I'll put that in the box because I w- won't remember it all by Saturday. You know, it's like, and then, but I have a template, you know, birthdays sure. and new music and people who've come to town or people who've passed on or what's happening, that kind of thing, you know. Um, thank you. Yeah, I love, I, and the same with you, with your passion. You, you know, we have several passions. And um, I stopped my day job, which you know, school school social worker. Even though I love it so much, but it was time to stop. But it wasn't like work, work. Even though it was many years of work, it, it's because you love what you do, right? You know, and I and I, I believe that if you love what you do, it's it's worth getting up every day and doing it. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, and and so now um, with I, I played percussion right and so when my daughter was a teenager and driving us nuts i you know i'd go out and i'd bang on the drum and i'd come <laughs> home like okay what's everyone want for dinner i'm calm now and and as a result playing more and more and then i, I went to africa uh with Mamadou, my drum teacher And and brought back a really nice djembe And then started going out to jams Like I said And, you know, jams up here uh, You know, with the guys at the VFW The American Legion And then to the fabulous guys at the Cantab Like Cecil And, and those guys who taught me a lot And, and uh, James Brown Jr., young James Brown He taught me triples And I go, wait, I have to practice He goes, oh no, you do that now <laughs> <I'm> Like, now, <laughs> now, you know So, uh, and I got to play last night I had a marvelous Last time I played with the One Dime Band last night, and John Morricone, and they're gonna. It's just oh, they are just such good guys, and um, they're gonna play again on the fifth of January at the Boston Harbor Distillery, uh, part of the send off for the Blue Society down to Memphis.
0: So, are you going to go to Memphis?
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, that's yeah. A silly question, I guess. Yeah. No. I'm, <laughs> no.
1: No. It isn't silly. I. I, I didn't go last year because they moved it from January to May and it was still kind of risky you Mm -hmm. know and it was like the bmw not bmw yeah bust well the blues music awards and all of it was at once and there were a lot of people from all over the world and i thought you know i'm gonna wait a year and it's you know how memphis is it's cold in in the january but i'm going this year and uh
0: where do they hold them
1: there's a series of, you know, the venues. So you get a lanyard, you know, uh, like there's the Orpheum is for the big finals. <clears throat> the Orpheum up up the street there on Main Street is for the big finals next to the uh, Blues Foundation, I think, near there. But um, they have, uh, you know, BB's Club and um, the, 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 the Rum Boogie and a whole host of them along Beale Street you know and there's one dance couple down at the end and you just kind of go from one to the other and they have this whole list and and they have you know you're playing at this time or, and then different people have little parties like the Northwest Blue Society had a party and and this one had a little party and you go meet all these people and then they have like a speed dating but it's not speed dating it's a it's a you know a breakfast where different bands and who are competing meet the judges or meet people and give you the, you know, a CD or talk about their band. And it's really nice. It's really nice. So, and there's a jam too.
0: Oh, of course there always
1: is. There's a jam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it's fun. And then it, it's a lot of fun. I have friends down there and family actually too. And, um, and then I think we'll go down to uh, Clarksdale. I, I love going to Clarksdale. So uh, we'll go down to Clarksdale for a couple of days and, maybe do a little recording with little joe airs there you go yeah that might we might do a little man we'll see we're trying to get that together you know
0: that'd be pretty cool
1: yeah i think so yeah so um you know it all it all kind of is a big circle about radio but um yeah I'm, i'm happy with the umb
0: it's a great place to be these days especially for americana
1: yeah, no, right for Americana, it really is. As a matter of fact, on the seventh of January, I said the the fifth is the uh, send off, but the seventh they're having a memorial tribute to Dick Pleasants, who was both on GBH for many years and UMB, and they're having that at the Somerville Theater. And um, I'm so glad it's in his in his oh, honor and memory. Man. He was a doll. I can't go because it's a Saturday night. But Dick, it's Dick was
0: so important to me as a, oh. as a, a musical mentor. And then he became a dear friend. You know, I remember listening to him on um, GBH and astounded at his knowledge. And then, you know, when he passed away, I was like thinking back to myself about all that time I had spent. Because he had me come on quite a few times and just sit there and talk with him and spin records on GBH. And then when he went to UMB, that carried over. But I was thinking about his time at um, GBH and not to take away from all the other shows that were happening on Saturday because there's a lot of great stuff that happened on Saturday with John Funky and and, yeah. and, and and Lost Highway and you know and all that stuff but GBH on Saturdays was magical because yeah. you had you started with Dick mm-hmm. then you had the uh, and uh, Celtic. Uh, Sojourn mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Prairie Home Companion mm-hmm. And then May mm-hmm. And then Jack Walker That's I right I mean, God
1: So But Dick was always amazing
0: Yeah, when he went to um, UMB That was when I was I was actually spending a lot of time there Because I got to know Marilyn real well And oh. and, um, and uh, Brian and, and Dave You know, this is Early Dave Pometeer? Yeah, this is the early two thousands. You know, I was Behrens and I would go there and do member concerts. God, we did right. one in Newburyport. We right. we um we played on air. Dick had me come on the morning show and do, you know, your top ten desert discs and that kind of stuff. You know. That that was like a it was a real magical period for me in, Good. in, oh, in wow. with UMB. It was early two thousands.
1: Wow. Yeah, a lot has changed since then. It's the you know fifty-year construction project right. over there. But yes, yes, it's great. I mean, we have a great group now. With you know, Patty and Jay are at the helm, and you know, Saturday with uh Alberto. I mean, it's really, really good.
0: Oh, know. I'm not trying to take no, anything away no, from but, now, but Dick, know. that was very special. Yeah that that time for, that, uh, more 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 so talking about that time period for, for you, me. Yeah. You know, that's when I was the Radio Kings had dissolved. And I was so going to the next thing, which was with Berens and the Mercy Brothers and Alistair Mook, and I was getting into producing, you know, right, and right. it was natural outlet for so much of the stuff right. I was doing, you right. know,
1: absolutely. And Barents is just incredible too. Well, Holly, this has been great. I know. I'm very excited. I, I, you know, I'm I'm curious about what you're doing with the podcast.
0: I'm talking to my friends. I love it. I want other people in the world to experience what I've experienced with my friends. And I'm talking to people who I feel close to, you know, and who I have a musical history with. I've gotten to the point where I'm just trying to document things because it's important that people know about this stuff because it's going to go into the another world,
1: you know, if it
0: doesn't get documented.
1: Thank you. Because, you know, I can't, One person can't do it all But there are so many things Like with the sidemen Or the DJs Or the You know People are passing away And it's really I agree with you It's so important oh, so. This is wonderful I mean you're doing Such good stuff I'm, I'm really excited And I'm, I'm so thrilled That you selected me To come talk to You know I I want This music to continue <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much, Holly. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for coming over here, and and I'll keep spinning the blues.
0: Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Holly Harris, and I'll catch you next time on the Crooked Road of Songs and Stories.